0: What's happening y'all welcome inside the fantasy stock exchange Danny Bush and Sosa K of underdog fantasy coming at you with our final mock draft I believe this is actually the first mock draft I've done of the of the draft season final mock draft before the NFL draft tomorrow this will be dropping on Wednesday so uh, I'm sure a lot of you guys are very excited about the draft this is going to be our final you know predictive thoughts with kind of what we would do sprinkled in here we didn't really formally decide on how we're doing this but uh, should be a fun one so if you guys enjoy this video as always hit the like button Comment any of your thoughts down below. Subscribe to the channel if you are new. I'm going to say optimistically that we've already hit 10,000 subscribers, even though I don't know because we're recording this on Tuesday. But if we haven't yet, make sure you hit the subscribe button and do it anyway, even if we have. So um, Sosa, I'll let you introduce yourself for those of the people out there that don't know who you are.
1: Yeah, so like you guys mentioned, Sosa um, from Underdog Fantasy. Head of NFL Info, we get to do a lot of stuff there, uh, chipping in some other sports right now. But uh, NFL never sleeps, as we all know. Still the biggest uh, and the best sport, in my opinion. And uh, obviously draft week, so it's going to be fun. And I think uh, this is going to be my first and probably my last mock draft this season. So that's what you guys are getting, a little bit of an exclusive here. But uh, it's going to be fun, and I can't wait to get into it.
2: Exclusive Sosa, you know, a couple uh, 905 silverbacks mixed in with a little KW guy with Bush. I mean, we're about to rip off a fun mock draft right here. And uh, yeah, for those of you that are watching and are like, oh, you know, my team's going to go this direction, blah, 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 blah. I get it. Sosa's already listed all their needs, so he already knows what your team needs probably better than you do. But either way, uh, you know, we're having fun here. We're a fancy channel. There's going to be some trades mixed in, some spicy picks mixed in. So uh, tune in. It's going to be a lot of fun. But before we get into the first pick, as always, grant the intro. All right, so uh, with the first overall pick, the Jacksonville Jaguars are on the clock. And the way this mock's going to go, I'm going to be picking one, Corey two, Sosa three, and then we're just going to keep in that order uh, further along. But either way, because this is a predictive mock, this is not what I would do. But all the buzz that we are hearing right now is that the Jags are really undecided on this pick. I'm hearing that owner Shad Khan wants Aiden Hutchinson. GM Trent Baalke wants Trevon Walker. And Doug Peterson wants a tackle. So, I mean, this is the most Jaguar-sounding thing I've ever heard coming out on ja- uh, draft week. But it the most sense it makes to me is that if you're the Jaguars, if you are Shad Khan, and you basically denied Byron Leftwich to keep Bulky in office, there's no way that you're not going to let him make this pick. You already put your investment into him, your trust into him, saying, this is my GM. I'm not going to hire this highly fabled coach because of this GM. Why would you not let him make that pick if you that's your belief with him? And because I'm of that belief right now that Balky's going to be the one making the pick, I think it's going to be Travon Walker. I mean, this is not what I would do. It, it's pretty simple, though, the bull case for them. The athleticism he's a 99th percentile athlete. I mean, this guy is just a freak of nature. A 275-pounder moving the way he does is just not something you see very often. Again, the main concern here, obviously the production, some of the pass-rushing nuance there, but I mean, I do understand that from a ceiling perspective, given his athleticism, given the traits that he does show, he is worth a top five pick, but I can't take him over a guy like Aiden Hutchinson. I can't even take him over a guy like Kayvon Thibodeau.
0: Yeah, I think the the Jadavion Clowney mold is what people are are hoping that they get out of Trayvon Walker. When Jadavion Clowney went first overall, he was the athleticism, size, speed freak that uh, that m- lended uh, itself to being that number one overall pick. I do think the Jags are going to take Trayvon Walker. I would pick an offensive tackle because you dr- you drafted yep. first overall quarterback last year, and if he fails, then you're all going to get fired anyway. So I would, uh, I personally would go with Iki Aquani or Evan Neal, whichever tackle you prefer. But uh, Trayvon Walker, I believe, is going to be the pick there for sure.
1: Yeah, I tend I tend to agree. Uh, I think they're going to be a little bit more enamored with upside than, um, you know, kind of like a high floor. And so uh, we all, I think, kind of know uh, about Balky's, uh penchant for <laughs> drafting guys with longer arms and, like, longer limbs. That's just something you can't teach. And he did it with Alden Smith many years ago. There, you know, there's that comp there, too. So uh, I wouldn't be shocked at all if they kind of shoot for the stars here and try to get a guy that, you know, theoretically speaking, has a higher upside. But um, like you mentioned, Bush, I don't know. I feel... These guys are a little bit, uh, you know, on the hot seat, maybe not a little bit, a lot of it. Um, so there's a lot of risk involved really with whatever they do.
2: Yep. No, absolutely. But uh, either way, uh, the Detroit Lions, number two overall are on the clock. Uh, Corey, it's your pick. Where are you leaning here?
0: I mean, the obvious pick, it's Aiden Hutchinson. They're going to stay in the state of Michigan, go with uh, Aiden Hutchinson here. He's the you know, prototypical pro-ready pass rusher in this draft. I've seen you know the Bosa brothers thrown around. I've seen uh, other comparisons, Max Crosby thrown around for for Aiden Hutchinson. I'm not a like a defensive line scout, so I couldn't tell you if that is uh, you know warranted. For the most part, I've seen uh, most people describe him as like a fairway double or whatever um, of a type of draft pick. So maybe you're not getting the highest ceiling pass rusher, which is why the Jags are probably going to take Trayvon Walker. But I think you're going to get a solid pro uh, dude with Aiden Hutchinson. So that's the pick for the Lions. They need pass rush help. It makes a lot of sense.
2: Yeah, I mean, just talking about Hutchinson, obviously, I, I am a big Michigan fan, so I saw a lot of him this year, and he he gets kind of labeled as, you know, oh, he's a safe prospect, you know, he's not going to miss, he's probably never going to be, you know, an elite sack production type of guy, but, you know, he's just going to be safe, he's going to be an 8-10 to 10 type of guy in the league, and the people that kind of say that fail to realize, like, this is still a 9.8 RAS score type of athlete. One of the most impressive ten yard splits at the combine out of his position, and one of the most impressive impressive three cone drills out of his position that we have ever seen, like freakish type of numbers. I believe his three cone was six seven three, which is absurd for a guy that's six foot seven, two hundred and seventy pounds. It's like a
0: like, Calvin Austin three cone,
2: genuinely like this guy change of direction wise is freakish. So if you're looking at Dan Campbell, you're looking at you know prototypical locker room leader that can realistically step in right away and be your main piece on your defense. Yeah. Like I
1: absolutely love that pick for the lions and keeping him hometown. Yeah. That'd be kind of nice if the, if the board fell that way for them, if he he feels like a really safe kind of player. And like you guys mentioned, probably, you know, gets knocked a little bit for kind of like not being thought of as an athletic player. When in reality he is, we obviously just kind of mentioned that, but I'm up next. I guess uh, we'll go to pick three here, the Houston Texans. And I think in my needs piece, I pretty much mentioned that there's no player that they can go wrong with here. I mean, this team is really bad. Um, (laughs) And I'm going to assume that Lovey Smith has a little bit of, uh, you know, like breathing room here. He's not going to be a one and done. Like um, his name escapes me now. I can't even remember. Uh, Yeah. yeah. Who they just fired not too long ago. So at this spot, I think. And, you know, I've been reading some of the rumors, things like that. It sounds like they might want to go corner here, and I wouldn't be shocked if they do. So I'm going to go with a corner. Now, it really depends on, you know, what your flavor is here. Do you want to go Sauce Gardner? Do you want to go Derek Stingley Jr.? Uh, I'm going to go with Stingley here. Um, I just think that when you look at this guy's tape over the course of the last three years, I mean, this guy was a five-star recruit coming out. Uh, three years ago, I was just mentioning it to these guys off air. We all look at these guys, you know, as freshmen and, and sophomores and whatnot. And they ball out, and then by the time their draft class comes, and it, you know they're ready to go pro, we feel like we almost overanalyze some of them. And I understand some of the concerns. You know, he's got to stay on the field, some injury stuff like that. But uh, the play obviously fell off a little bit as well. But I'm going to assume that that was mostly injury related. I think this guy showed as a freshman who he is and what kind of skill he has. Uh, probably the highest ceiling of any corner, in my opinion, in this draft class. And uh, I'm going to bet on that. Now, the Texans, this, you know, I don't think there's a wrong place for them. I don't even think trading back would be a bad option. Uh, I want to say they have another second round pick right in the mid teens there. So um, they have a chance to really get better here, but I'm going to go with the corner. I don't think they can go wrong here.
0: Yeah, I think Derek Stingley is is one of those. I, I'm sure there's going to be, you know, people in the comment section don't like this pick. They, they probably want Sauce Gardner if they're going to go corner. But I do think you, you got some validity to that point that maybe we're overanalyzing Derek Stingley. Maybe he's you know, the type of corner prospect that we thought he was as a freshman, a top five pick in the 2022 NFL draft, like we, you know, should have assumed back then. So I do think, like you said, they can't go wrong any which way that they go with their first round pick. I personally would go offensive tackle. If I was the Houston Texans get, you know, Davis Mills or whoever your future quarterback is um, a bookend to go along with Laramie Tunsil. I'd probably go with like Evan Neal or or Iki Aquanu, but I, I do think corner is probably something that they might lean towards with a defensive minded head coach coming in.
2: Yeah, and I mean, uh, I actually do think that they, that they are leaning corner. Here. I think these corners are going to fly off the board uh, this year in this class. I mean, we've kind of seen how this league has changed to a degree. I mean, we saw, you know, Jamar Chase went over Suo last year, obviously wide receiver versus tackle, but we're definitely seeing this value of you know, skill position type of players really being emphasized. I mean, when you're talking about projectable ceiling, Derek Stingley from an athleticism standpoint, from a production standpoint, especially in his freshman year in college, like this is an absolute stud. So if he can recover, if he can, you know, get over the injury issues that he's seen, which I don't think are going to be an issue, given the fact that he did test out of the gym when he had his pro day. Like, yeah, I I think he's worth this pick. I think it makes a lot of sense for the Texans, especially with that defensive coach with Lovey Smith. But either way, we're going to go to... The first curveball I would see of the draft. Now, if I was drafting here for the uh, New York Jets, I mean, I'm running up to the board or running up to the podium and I'm taking Kayvon Thibodeau, genuinely. Like, I I think Kayvon Thibodeau is a stud. I think he's maybe got a case for player one in this class, but every report that we are seeing right now, including Connor Hughes, a lead Jets uh, beat reporter that we've cited in the past on this channel, has indicated to the fact that the Jets actually prefer Jermaine Johnson over Kayvon Thibodeau. So I'm going to take Jermaine Johnson here. Now, do I agree with this pick? Absolutely not. But listen, if he's got, you know, those concerns behind the scene when we're talking about Thibodeau, like I can see a team just saying, give me the production that Jermaine Johnson showed last year. Obviously, you know, he's got the bend. He's got the production. He can step right away and be an instant starter on this team. Now, it is a little sketch for me taking, you know, a 23-year-old producer over a guy that's literally been labeled a top player in this class since he's come to Oregon with Kayvon Thibodeau. But this is just where I think the Jets are going to lean. They're going to go with Jermaine Johnson.
0: That's a that's a fair take. I personally would have just taken Sauce Gardner if you were going to go not with with. I Kayvon think they're going Thibodeau. Edge. I would have just gone with Sauce Gardner. But yeah, uh, Jermaine Johnson sounds like uh, everything I've heard the past couple of days have been Jermaine Johnson's going to go higher than people think Jermaine Johnson's going. He's a lock top eight pick lock top five pick, whatever the case is. And I think personally, the giants are going to be the team that pulls the trigger on Jermaine Johnson, but it could be the Jets at four as well.
1: Yeah, it seems like uh, Johnson's kind of pegged to go here, you know, per uh, the people that are obviously more plugged in than we are. But I, I got to agree. I think with Danny here, I think you got to go Thibodeau Um I I mean, at the same time, I I could see Sauce Gardner as well. The corners are just not that good. Uh, And they got to go high value position here regardless, you know, so if they want to go with a corner and edge, I think both work. I think you could even, you know, bring into the discussion that maybe a tackle here makes sense. Um, And they definitely, I think, need a receiver at some point, maybe a little bit too early right here. But uh, the second pick that we'll get to a little bit later, I think that one probably makes more sense for a receiver. Definitely.
2: But uh, either way, fifth overall, Corey. Around the clock the other New York team the Giants are on the clock where are you leaning here at five
0: um I think the Giants would probably be pretty torn between whoever their top tackle is and Sauce Gardner with this pick I think the mindset would probably be hey the Panthers took a tack or a corner in the first round last year they're probably not going to take Sauce Gardner so I'm going to go with icky aquanu who I believe would be the Giants top tackle um I mean, I feel like we've said this for like three years, but you have to figure out what Daniel Jones is at this point. I think he's probably just not that good of a quarterback, but even if that is the case, you need an offensive line for whoever your future quarterback is. You have Andrew Thomas on the left side. You throw a on the right. Maybe you go Evan Neal because he has more experience playing right tackle, but. At the same time, I think if Iki is the, the offensive tackle prospect that we think he can be, I don't think playing, you know, one side of the line versus the other should be a huge, huge problem for him. So I'll go with the offensive tackle, probably the safe pick here, and just hope that Sauce Gardner falls back to me at seven if I'm the Giants.
2: Yeah, uh, I agree with that pick. I mean, Iki Evan Neal, Charles Cross, whatever you deem as the top tackle in this class, you take here if you're the Giants. You want that stalwart offensive tackle that can really help in progressing this offense, specifically with Daniel Jones. And Yeah, I mean, you already invest in that Daniel
1: Jones basket as it is. Give him as much protection as you possibly can. Yeah, I I agree. Uh, They got a hole at right tackle. I don't know. Matt Peart Maybe a starter, maybe not. Probably better suited as a swing tackle. I think you got to take the best guy there, which takes us to pick six. Ironically enough, Bush made my decision a lot easier here. Uh, I'm not going quarterback. I think this is the first Mm -hmm. pick where in the draft we all kind of have circled, right? We're all thinking about like, this is the pivotal point. Are they going to take a quarterback? I don't think they are. Uh, Are they going to try and trade back and maybe get a quarterback? Because I don't think they have a second-round pick, Carolina. Or a third. Or a third. There you go. So presumably probably going to want to trade back in real life. I don't know that it's going to happen. Seems like per Ian Rappaport, some of these other big media members, that uh, there's more interest in trading back than there is in trading up. So for me right now, I'm looking at this O-line. I think the left side is just horrible. It might be the worst left tackle, left guard duo in football. For me, pencil it in. Evan Neal, it's simple. You're getting a day one starter. You're getting a guy obviously coming out of a big, you know, blue blood program, as they want to call it, Alabama. He's played multiple positions on the old line. I, I think he's as safe as it gets really in this draft and they don't have their quarterback yet, but uh, they're pretty much, I think, getting closer to being well-suited to make that quarterback, that last piece that they get, maybe not so much, you know, get a guy and then put him back there and just let him get killed. So uh, for me, this one's easy. I think you've got to go Evan Neal.
2: Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, like, this is what I would do as well. I would take Evan Neal. I do have a, a little bit of a concern that because they don't have any day two t- day two picks and trying to sell Sam Darnold back to your fan base would be an issue that they might force a reject quarterback here. But I mean, if this is me, Evan, t- Evan Neal locked and loaded stud offensive tackle prospect. And I mean, if you're talking about it, that offensive line, as you said, is a mess. No matter who is back there, they are going to get killed with the current status of that offensive line. Evan Neal, plug-and-play type of guy, this is where I would lean.
0: Yeah, I do not envy the Carolina Panthers brass cuz they have no quarterback prospect worthy of the 6th overall pick. They have no avenue of going to get a veteran quarterback because they, you know, struck out on Deshaun Watson, struck out on Russell Wilson. You're kind of just screwed to to the to what you've done the past couple years, which is get a patchwork quarterback like Teddy Bridgewater or Sam Darnold. Maybe they bring in if I was them and again I don't envy their position, I take an offensive tackle here or I trade down. I go and grab Ryan Fitzpatrick as my second quarterback and let him and Sam Darnold battle it out and may the best man win. Not exciting for your fan base, but it's better than forcing Kenny Pickett at six, who I think is probably more of a second or third round type of talent. But that's, you know, conversation for another day. Danny, I believe you were on the clock here with the other Giants pick.
2: Yeah, no, I'm I'm looking here and I view this in, in the NFL as like a potential trade down spot. But I mean, if you're the Giants and you're staring either Thibodeau or Gardner in the face right now at the seventh overall pick you have a clear need for an ace pass rusher or an ace corner pending if you move on from James Bradbury I think either of them would be great picks for me personally uh I would slightly prefer Thibodeau but I can definitely see Gardner also being the pick here I'm actually gonna go with Kayvon Thibodeau
0: that's that's a fair pick. I think that it's that's a hard decision for the Giants to make. I think yes. they would probably, if these off the field concerns are true with Thibodeau, they'd probably go with Gardner. But um, either way, I think that's probably a solid pick. This is a pretty interesting spot, I would say, at pick eight for uh, for me. I actually would like to trade down and uh, sell my pick to whoever wants Sauce Gardner, whether it's the Washington Football Team, Houston Texans, uh, Minnesota Vikings, Baltimore Ravens, somebody like that.
2: Yeah, I'm just going to quickly see. Uh... No real teams from my end that line up, but uh, so is there. are there any teams
0: from your end that would like
1: to trade up for sauce? I mean, he has
0: the Vikings, so I mean, yeah,
1: well, there you go. The one that stands <laughs> Vikings, out, Vikings, yeah, the Vikings definitely a good one. Uh, and what's funny is I was talking about it the other day. If Mike Zimmer was here, 100% he's moving up for a cornerback, that guy loves cornerbacks more than anybody. Um, the Vikings, uh, it's close. Um, I mean, let's uh, who, who do I have after the Vikings? I got uh, the Eagles, is that accurate? Eagles yeah uh, so you yeah. would you would have the Seahawks the Vikings the Eagles okay. and the Eagles
2: again and theoretically each of these teams would want to jump the Seattle Seahawks for Gardner you know what I'm gonna say the Eagles let's, let's uh let's see yeah. if we can move uh move on up all right so the Philadelphia Eagles actually officially traded up with the Atlanta Falcons gave I, I believe it was a one two and three to move up two eighth overall I mean clearly you want to jump the Seattle Seahawks here that would be the rationale but either way, so, so I'll let you make the pick. Uh, I'm not going to spoil it.
1: Yeah. So you would think I want to jump the Seahawks, and I'm not sure that the Seahawks align here. I'm going to go out on a limb here. You know, I'm looking at the Philadelphia Eagles. Pretty good roster. They could use a cornerback, no doubt about it. I, I It's hard for me not to go sauce Gardner here. It really is. Um, but I'm trying to make this exciting. I think this the Eagles have to sell something. You look at the offense. They couldn't go vertical to save their lives last year. They were just so bad. Uh, and the pick that I'm going to make here, I think, is... In lieu of trying to jump the Jets, which is obviously, you know, a pick or two behind here. I got to go Jamison Williams. Probably crazy to say for a guy with a torn ACL. um, I'm sure some people don't even think he's wide receiver one. I actually don't have him as wide receiver one now. One, two, and three are all literally splitting hairs for me. You could ask me any day. It might change, but. Uh, I'm going with Jamison here. I, I think he's the perfect compliment to Devonte Smith. you got a possession receiver, a great route runner, a separator. Now you got another guy across from him who's going to win vertically. He's going to win over the top. And the Eagles love running the football more than pretty much anybody else in the NFL. Maybe just the Baltimore Ravens are right along them. Um, the number one way to make this uh, an even more productive running game, get guys out of the box by being able to threaten vertically. Uh, Jamison Williams, there's no better player in my opinion in this class that can win vertically consistently. That brings more to the table than just that, but uh, I got to go with Jameson here. I think it's just such a home run hit for the Eagles. Yeah.
2: And uh, just talking about Jamison, then we we talked about it with our wide receiver rankings, but this is going to be a guy that NFL teams love, not necessarily for the fact that, oh, you know, we expect him to produce X amount of production per year. He is the type of player that will dictate coverage. And when you have a guy that can stretch a defense vertically the way Jamison does, I mean, that makes the life of Devontae Smith a lot easier. That makes the life of Dallas Goddard a lot easier. This would be a perfect complement to that nature of the Eagles offense. And again, I have no qualms with this. I do think he's actually going to be the first receiver off the board. So my plus four fifty ticket at $50 bet is looking pretty good with
0: that. Yeah. I'm for, for what it's worth, I'm going to make a lot of money. If this draft shakes out the yes. way it does, I have a bet on Evan Neal being the sixth overall pick Jamison Williams being the first wide receiver off the board, Ikki Aquanu being the fifth, uh, pick to the giants and also Derek Stingley being, or sorry, um, Aiden Hutchinson being the second pick to the Lions so I have a lot of uh, a lot of eggs into this draft basket so uh, I do I do like that pick and you are actually on the clock again with the Seattle Seahawks so I'll pick for the Falcons a little uh, bit later on
1: yeah so uh, I mean it worked out pretty well here for the Seahawks I'd say take this one Sauce Gardner I don't think there's much to say here you might be getting the best corner in the draft if not he's going to be a 1A 1B type scenario the Seahawks they are just not good. I mean, they're really, really bad. They could use a lot of help. They could use an edge rusher here. They could use a tackle here, uh, but I'm going to take the best player that's left on the board. It's sauce Gardner. I think you'd run this one. in. if you're the Seahawks, you feel good about it.
2: Yep. No, uh, I absolutely love that pick. He is a Seahawks prototype type of corner, you know, big, long, physical, can press up a receiver. I mean, he is just a phenomenal player. So uh, getting him here at 9 overall, I mean, is a, an extreme value in this draft. And if it shook out this way, I'm sure Seahawks fans will be plenty happy getting that, obviously, ninth overall pick uh, with that Russell Wilson deal. But either way, I'm back on the clock, ninth, or 10th overall with the New York Jets. And this is, like, a tough one because... The NFL draft cycle in me, or the NFL draft person in me, uh, would say, you know, Charles Cross, offensive tackle, you need a player. Obviously, you can't really rely on Mikai Beckton given the reports we've been hearing out of their camp. But, I mean, this is fantasy basis to begin with. I'm going to take the guy that I love from a matchmaking perspective in fitting this offense. Get your ex. Get Zach Wilson, that prototypical outside wide receiver that can win with size. I love Drake London to the Jets, and we talked with the Matchmaker video, but, I mean, you have Elijah Moore who can be your pseudo, you know, Z-slot type of wide receiver with a lot of versatility there. Get your X, get your boundary. Obviously, people are just going to peg Drake London, oh, he's going to be a jump ball bike. guy. He is way more than that. He can realistically do anything you need him to. You need him to create after the catch, you can do that. You need him to create vertically, he can do that. He is just a phenomenal football player, obviously one of the more productive college wide receivers we've seen come out in some time. So getting him at 10th overall here, I love it.
0: That's yeah. I I have no arguments with that pick. I still love the idea of pairing Garrett Wilson with, with Elijah Moore because they're both like kind of interchangeable players, but Drake London makes some sense there as well. You get some size. Zach Wilson has a lot of room for air. If he's throwing it up to Drake London.
1: He's going to need that too. Right. Uh, Yeah. Everything (laughs) you guys said about London, uh, I know Bush didn't like that one probably too much. No, I <laughs> <That one. laughs> uh, yeah I agree. I mean the guy's so much better than what you would think he is. At six five, you might just think he's a contested catch guy, but he can separate really good after after the catch. It surprised me to be honest with you. Uh, really good at creating separation on in breaking routes. Good off the line of scrimmage. I think it's a home run pick too. Yep, absolutely. So uh,
2: Bush, you're back on the clock here. Washington football or Washington Commanders now. Actually, where are you leaning here at
0: eleven? There's uh, not really anything that stands out to me outside of you know the obvious fits. You take Garrett Wilson to pair him with Terry McLaurin. You take Kyle Hamilton, who's been you know consistently mocked to the Washington football team. I hate this for fantasy, but I'm going to take Garrett Wilson. I, I don't want Garrett Wilson relying on Carson Wentz in any which way possible. But if Carson Wentz is your pseudo answer to the, the quarterback position, you got to give him a chance. Curtis Samuel is unreliable at this point. He seems to be injured often. Uh, Deami Brown, probably can't count on him as a even wide receiver three for your offense. You need more depth behind Terry McLaurin. And if Terry McLaurin decides to, you know, potentially hold out or, or ask for a trade or something, you need to cover your own ass. So uh, give me Garrett Wilson to the Washington football or Washington commanders. Don't like the fit for fantasy, but give me the uh, fit for Washington. It makes some sense for them.
2: Yeah. I mean, talking about that, obviously from a fantasy perspective, I mean, if you can avoid a situation of dealing with Carson Wentz, I would prefer you to do that, but yeah, I mean, just getting guys that can separate at elite level that don't have weaknesses in their game. I mean, you're talking about Wilson, you're talking about Terry McLaurin. You could use those guys interchangeably, in my opinion, at the next level. Um, yeah, Garrett Wilson, realistically, I, I hate making this kind of like safe comp to him, but I just don't see a way at all that he busts. And I know we said that about Justin Jefferson a couple of years ago, we said that about DePonte Smith last year. I do think that Garrett Wilson kind of
1: fits in that mold of a prospect. Yeah. uh, I love, I love the pick uh, in terms of getting a talent like that, because I agree that I think he's the most well-balanced receiver in this class. Like there's really nothing that scares me about his game. I feel like he's so good after the catch reminds me a little bit of Kadarius Tony actually in that regard. Um, But I also think he's a really good nifty route runner, really sudden player. Um, And it was tough for me to rank him third in this receiver class, but that's where I, that's where I got him kind of landed. But Again, splitting hairs for those top three guys, which I guess takes us into pick 12 here, the Minnesota Vikings. And I think things are going to get uh, a little bit wild here. So I'm considering two positions and I'm thinking, you know, I'm a Rams as You can see the logo behind me on this side, actually. Um, Kevin O'Connell, the new head coach uh, comes from the Rams system. 11 personnel guy is going to want to do a lot of what the Rams run. And you obviously need three receivers to do that. They don't have three receivers. They got Justin Jefferson. They got Adam Thielen, two really good players. I don't think KJ Osborne's starting quality. So right here, I'm looking at two guys. Are they going to go with the safety? Kyle Hampton, one of the better players left on the board, pair him with a guy like Harrison Smith. That could be one of the best safety duels in football. Or do you want to go with the receiver and go with the Chris Olave here, plug him on the outside, kick Adam Thielen to the inside, and now you're having fun with Kirk Cousins, 11 personnel offense, really similar to what the Rams want to do. You got a running back, obviously, and Dalvin Cook. And I think the o lines fairly decent. You know, they got decent bookend tackles here. So I'm going to go uh, with Chris Olave. Maybe the Vikings in real life wouldn't want to do that. Maybe it's a little bit of a luxurious type of pick here. But to me, you're starting through receivers more often than not in the NFL these days. The Rams do it like 95% of the time. I think Kevin O'Connell is going to really mirror that. They're tight ends. Major question marks. You're not going to go out there 12 personnel too often, I don't think. Johnny Munt, torn ACL, signed from the Rams. He's the backup tight end. Starting tight end, Earl Smith, I think he tore his Achilles. How ready is he going to be uh, this season? So that all projects to me as an 11 personnel offense. You need three guys out there who are going to win consistently, so I'm going with Olave.
2: Yeah, no, I, I, I think that's a good pick. It's a, a lot of fun because, I mean, we don't see it often, but it does make a good amount of sense. I mean, obviously, you got Justin Jefferson, do-it-all receiver. You get an elite route runner that could still stretch a defense vertically with the And then obviously with Adam Thielen, you get that leadership, you get that contested catch ability, you get that red zone threat. So you have a wide receiver core there that can realistically compete with any wide receiver core in the NFL. If you take Chris Alave. So uh, I do like that kind of also reminds me a little bit when Dallas took CD Lamb. people are like, well, you don't need a wide receiver. Like why are you taking your quote unquote third wide receiver? I could see that kind of being the case with, you know, if Chris Alave went to the Vikings.
0: Right. It's also a long-term play, right? With Thielen yes. being up there in age, dealing with some injuries in recent years. They are a, a very dark horse team to take a wide receiver. I don't think they will, but it is definitely possible. The value lines up with where if some of these guys slip, um, they might be the best player available for them for the Minnesota Vikings. So, uh, Danny, I believe you were on the clock here with the uh, Houston Texans.
2: Yeah, and uh, this one's a, a, a weird choice because I mean you got a guy like Cal Hamilton who's on the board plug and play can be an absolute stud but you did already go secondary with that third overall pick and you didn't go tackle but lucky for us one of the best tackles in this draft end up falling here and I'm gonna go with Charles Cross here I understand I mean there's gonna be Texans fans all over the comments that are like well you know what like we got Laramie and you know Titus Howard played well last year but at the end of the day here I mean you take talent when talent falls to you and Charles Cross for my money, I mean from a pass blocking standpoint, is one of the most refined pass blockers in this entire class. And realistically, you want to set up that nest for that quarterback that you take next year or you want to set that set up that nest for Davis Mills. Either or, you're in a good spot here. You take the tackle, you plug him in. He you need him to play guard, slide him inside for a year. Trade Laramie Tunsil. Just take the talent when it falls to you and Charles Cross falling to 13 shouldn't be happening.
0: Yeah, and I can't help but think my Baltimore Ravens pick. Just a classic Ravens, getting such a good actual player to fall to them at number uh thir- at number 14 with Kyle Hamilton. Uh, I'll, I'll just give my thoughts quickly on Cross. I think they'd be really ecstatic with the way that the board fell for the Ravens here, because I think they would ha- be happy to have either player. They don't really have a long-term right tackle. Ronnie Stanley got some good news today, um, <laughs> according to Ian Rappaport. So I think either one of those guys would have been very good for the Ravens. But uh, you have any thoughts on Cross to the – Texan Sosa
1: yeah I like it too uh I know again you guys mentioned some people might say Titus Howard Uh, having three good tackles or three capable tackles is a good problem to have I think you kick one guy into guard if that's Titus Howard you got your bookends uh and we talked about you know at pick four or sorry pick three you want to set up Davis Mills or whoever your quarterback is here uh with some potential success give him a fighting chance I think this is a good way to do it
0: yeah for sure so uh 14 i like the ravens would sprint to the podium with kyle hamilton like i know (laughs) kyle hamilton didn't test well this is such a ravens type of player it's insane you have chuck clark who's a capable strong safety but you don't let you know good players stop you from drafting potentially great players pairing him with marcus williams would be a perfect combination at safety and it would give the ravens i mean the ravens have always been a build your defense by the secondary type of team i think it would make a lot of sense for them
2: yeah i mean Kyle Hamilton, extremely talented player. Uh, people might say, "Oh, you know, uh, four seven speed, yada yada yada." Is he more of a box guy in the NFL? And I mean, all I say to that is just turn on the tape where this guy is literally traveling from the opposite hash to make an interception on the sideline. I mean, this guy has ridiculous range. Maybe he's not the you know Daxon Hill of athletes, but I mean, his football IQ is unmatched. And you want a guy monetizing or not monetizing, monitoring that back end with the elite football IQ that Kyle Hamilton is. He is a complete Swiss Army knife, and getting him in here, obviously, with with the Ravens defense, faced a lot of injuries last year. Obviously, that cornerback core specifically was absolutely decimated. Get a guy on the back end that can make all their lives easier. Right.
1: Yeah, that's uh, that's about the most Ravens pick you could ever make, so (laughs) I I don't think they would ever complain about that one.
0: Right, so I'm on the clock again here because I did trade down with the Atlanta Falcons at 8, the board is uh, not the greatest, but I, I'm going to have some fun here too. And I'm going to take Malik Willis because I think the first quarterback should probably be come off the board around this range of the draft. I do think there is rumor, like there's rumors that, you know, the NFL isn't high on this quarterback class. It's probably why you saw so many teams in on a guy like Deshaun Watson and Russell Wilson. I think Malik Willis to the Falcons at eight is a possibility, but I do think this is probably the ideal scenario if they want to go with Malik Willis, you, you trade down, you pick up some day two capital from the Philadelphia Eagles and you still get a long-term quarterback in Malik Willis. You have Marcus Mariota there who you can tailor your offense around and who has a similar skill set to Willis who can monitor and um, who can mentor Malik Willis and help him develop probably as a prospect as well, because we all know, you know, Malik Willis is not a complete player at this point in time and you have a bridge guy in Mariota.
2: Yeah, I mean, you stick him there. He could sit behind a Mariota for your obviously long-term. Um, In general, you want that building block of a player. And Malik Willis, from a pure ceiling standpoint, from his arm talent, from his mobility, I mean, he is a guy that is worth investing into and in trying to develop because his ceiling could be up there with some of the best passers in the league. So, yeah, I, I mean, I, I absolutely love Malik Willis. I think... Obviously, from a fantasy perspective, I'm more alert than the NFL perspective because I know he is a work in progress uh, Progress from a mechanical standpoint.
1: But for fantasy, I mean,
2: this guy's just a whole lot of fun.
1: Yeah, that's a that's a dream scenario for the Falcons, right? They might go quarterback at eight. So if you can yeah. if you can slide back, pick up some extra picks, still get a guy that's going to excite your fan base and give you a fighting chance to maybe not be decent this season. But, you know, next year, Calvin Ridley coming back, all that stuff. Uh, I mean, home run pick here can't you can't argue with it.
0: And the Panthers, again, being the dumbest team in the NFC
2: South after this. Absolutely. So um, I'm going to be on the clock here with the New Orleans Saints. And Mm -hmm. this is a weird board for New Orleans. Because, I mean, typically, if you're New Orleans, you absolutely hope one of these receivers fall to you. I mean, I I just don't think there's any scenario that you don't. But obviously, we saw uh, a a big run on wide receivers already happen here. I think if the board fell this way and – jordan davis fell like i understand it's not like a huge pressing need for them but when you're talking about a a, a talented team the the way the saints are they want to make a noise that's why they traded for extra draft capital this year they want to go back to the playoffs you get a guy that can absolutely add to what's already one of the best run defenses in the league i've also seen some saints fans give their recommendation on this pick as well they said yeah if jordan davis is there we'd absolutely love him fitting with the saints I'm going to make them happen. I'm going to appease them. I'm going to take Jordan Davis here. He should not be lasting to the 16th overall pick, and I'm sure whoever's picking for the Chargers is probably a little upset that he just went off the board, but best player available, Jordan Davis. You could take wide receiver or offensive tackle at 19. Jordan Davis is not falling back to you at
0: 19. Right, and I believe I'm picking for the Chargers right now because we had a huge mix-up in the thing, but uh, yeah, I think... The Saints are hard. It's hard to figure out why they traded back into the first round. I I, I like to think that they're going to try and make a move for a top tackle if the tackles slide because they lost her Armstead. I don't think it's for a quarterback. Like, I don't think they're just eyeing Matt Corral or Desmond Ritter or somebody like that. But uh, I'm just interesting to see what the Saints are going to do, because it, it was it's kind of weird to trade back into the first round at this, you know, this early stage in the draft that they did at the beginning of April.
1: Yeah, I tend to agree. I think it is for a tackle, too. They lose to Ron Armstead, obviously. And it feels like, like they might not have you know, Super Bowl potential this year, but they're going to be a solid team as long as they can fix up O-line a little bit, maybe get another receiver out there. Like if Jameis comes back healthy, you're going to have a fighting chance to make the playoffs, I think. So um, I tend to agree. I, I think it is for a tackle now. Unfortunately for them, none fell here uh, in this mock. But um, in real life, I do think that they're kind of you know hoping and praying that at least one of those guys slips here. For sure.
2: So uh, either way, Corey kind of mentioned it. You are back on the clock with the Chargers who a lot of Chargers fans are probably, you know, ripping their hearts out right now that Jordan Davis got picked right before them.
0: Yeah, this is a pretty gross board for the Chargers. If I'm being honest, I really don't know what direction I want to go in. Um, I think I'm going to go for me. I think they probably the best player available that they would like is probably Trent McDuffie at corner. I, I think he's, pretty clearly like the third corner in this class for, for most from things that I've heard. So I think it's, it's not necessarily a luxury pick for the chargers because they already have like a decent secondary, but I think it, it helps make a strength even stronger than what they already had. Um, I think ideally, again, they'd love to have an offensive tackle fall to them as well, but there's a huge run of these teams with the Ravens, with the Texans, with the saints that are probably going to pick an offensive tackle. And it could be, you know, forcing one of these guys to trade up for Charles cross. If he were to slide, like he did in this mock.
2: Yep. So uh, I'll slot Trent McDuffie here, and yeah, I, I'm glad you mentioned that because I I did watch a little bit. Uh, I was watching a uh, PFF mock with uh, Trevor Sikkema and Connor Rogers at the Apple Stock Exchange, and they basically did a, a mock draft asking like beat reporters who cover these teams like what are their thoughts on the pick, where are these guys leaning, and the Chargers reporter actually took Trent McDuffie for them. They don't view Michael Davis as a long term keys for them cuz he again he did have his struggles last year. You plug and play Trent McDuffie, he's got inside out versatility. He is what they would call having that dog in him cuz I mean Trent McDuffie just plays with a physical edge, plays with a aggressive edge that you want from your corners. You want from a, a corner to be able to go in, contribute in the run game. You want a corner to be able to be physical. You want a corner to be able to have inside out versatility. I think Trent McDuffie would represent that for them.
1: Yeah, I- I mean, you can't go wrong here. You're starting three corners in the NFL today. Uh, Just like how I mentioned with the Vikings, you're starting three receivers. So uh, this is a team that wants to be able to be light in the box, win, you know, a gap and a half technique with their D lineman, and then focus a lot on the back end. hundred percent. I could see this happening for sure. I think it's a great pick. But uh, either way, I
2: you are actually on the clock here, uh, Sosa. Uh, you're with the eight, 18th overall
1: pick with the Philadelphia Eagles. So, uh, yeah. Philadelphia Four. Eagles. Yeah, we're back up here. Um, so this is the second of uh, two first round picks. First one, Jameson Williams, of course. You know, this is a tough spot. I think the Eagles are probably a bit of a better roster than most would give them credit for. I, I really don't think they're that far off. Um, I think they would have loved to have gotten a cornerback here. So now maybe I'm, kind of regretting not going uh, with uh, sauce Gardner or someone earlier, but um, you know, this is a interesting spot. I wouldn't be shocked if the Eagles do look at a defensive lineman, potentially. This is a team that loves drafting edge rushers and defensive linemen in general, probably more than uh, most teams, if not every team in the NFL. So, I'm going to go with George Karloftis here. I think he fits the defense fairly well. You want a traditional 4-3 type of guy. Uh, Brandon Graham up there in age. I think he missed all of last season. Uh, Derek Barnett, they just resigned to uh, a cheap one-year deal. He's clearly not the guy. Eagles fans pretty much hate him. So uh, Josh Sweat, good player, but this team is always deep at defensive end. I think you're going to be interested in adding to that group here. Um, and you take a good player that falls to you here. A guy that I think has a lot more potential than maybe many of the guys left on the board here. So... Uh, I, I think the Eagles would feel pretty good about getting another edge rusher,
2: for sure. And I mean, people knock Carl because I mean, like they they look at you know a bendy guy like you know a, a Thibodeau Johnson, you know Walker, right? But I mean, if you're talking about Loftus, we saw the success in this division that Ryan Kerrigan had. Carl Loftus would be your pseudo Ryan Kerrigan archetype, where. Not going to do anything flashy, but he knows how to get after the freaking quarterback. And talking about a long-term Brandon Graham replacement, obviously with Brandon Graham, I believe he actually tore his Achilles, which for an older guy, you don't want that to be the case. You don't want to have to rely upon that. So getting Carl in here, letting him learn from, as you mentioned, uh, a guy like Brandon Graham, who's been a really, really good player in this league for such a long time, 18th overall pick. I think that makes a lot of sense for them.
1: And I, I just want to quickly interject. You just made my point. They signed Ryan Kerrigan last year. The Eagles did. So uh, you talk about, you know, having experience with a guy like that, having experience with kicking someone inside, outside like Brandon Graham. I think it just makes so much sense.
2: Absolutely. But uh, yeah, Corey, any thoughts on that or should I move on? To no, 19th? no,
0: I, I think that's, that's a good pick. I think you are up on the clock now, I believe with yep. the New Orleans Saints.
2: Yep. 19th overall pick with the New Orleans Saints. And uh, this is a, a tough point. Obviously I, I took Jordan, Jordan Davis, best player available at the last pick. And, Typically here, I want to go with wide receiver or offensive tackle. So I'll look at the board here. Uh, They could really like Trevor Penning, obviously a very athletic, you know, mean type of tackle. Now, I'm not the biggest fan of him because I do think he takes way too many penalties for my liking, especially being a Cowboys fan, seeing what Connor Williams is doing from that regard last year. He's not my cup of tea, but again, it's not what I would do. It's what they would do. I think Trevor Penning would make a lot of sense. Looking at the wide receivers, though, you mentioned in our wide receivers rankings video, Traylon Burks reminds you a lot of Chris Godwin. The saints have seen a ton of Chris Godwin over these past few years. You need a guy that can create after the catch. You need a guy that can really complement Michael Thomas. Obviously Michael Thomas, your reliable possession wide receiver, get your fun gadget guy that can realistically just impact the game on any single touch. I'm actually going to go with Traylon Burks here. I think that would be a phenomenal fit. They, they, Have seen how Chris Godwin's been used, as I mentioned, two times a year for, what, the past five years since he's been in the league. Plug and play, 19th overall pick. I think he would be a lot of fun uh, working with the Saints there, working with Jameis.
0: Yeah, not a a fit that you see very often, but Jameis did uh, gravitate towards his, you know, big slot receiver with with Chris Godwin when he was back in his best season in Tampa Bay in 2019. So I I, I like the fit. I I don't like the Saints getting good players ever. (laughs) So um, that's always the worst part about uh, picks to the New Orleans Saints. But I do think the fit is pretty solid.
1: Totally agree. I think it's super fun. I think it's fun for fantasy purposes. I think it's fun for real-life purposes. I think they need help in in, uh, the receiver court as much as any team in the NFL. I love it. Yep.
0: Right. So I'm on the board here, and I'm not doing it. I'm not picking Kenny Pickett because I don't think he belongs in the first round. So I am actually going to pick Desmond Ritter uh, as the quarterback to the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think it's pretty basic, common knowledge that they like Malik Willis the most of these quarterbacks. But I actually do think Desmond Ritter would be their number two. I think they're looking for more dynamic ability at that position. And not that Kenny Pickett doesn't have dynamic ability. I think Ritter has more of it, um, probably halfway in between Malik Willis and Kenny Pickett from that perspective. Desmond Ritter sounds like he's you know done all the pre-draft stuff really well, interviewed well, you know, senior bowl, combine, all that kind of stuff. I think Desmond Ritter is going to be the second quarterback off the board in this class, and uh, I think the Steelers really like him. So I like that fit for Pittsburgh. You finally have somebody who can move back there.
2: Yeah, I mean, talking about Ritter, uh, I personally also would prefer him over Pickett. I just obviously again don't really see the ceiling projecting from Pickett, and I know from uh, a lot of evaluators I trust that there is a demographic of people that really, really like Desmond Ritter, like quarterback one in the class, not even close type of ranking. I I think it's Nate Tice, there's a couple other like former highly regarded analysts that really like Ritter and that's the case and you're, you're putting them in a nest in pittsburgh that has shown to be a competent franchise has shown to have the ability to surround their their quarterback with plenty of talent with their team with plenty of talent in the past like yeah if you're gonna put desmond in or anywhere i think pittsburgh makes a ton of sense for him
1: and i agree yeah i, I think uh pittsburgh is 99.9% chance going to go QB. I think they want to go Willis as well. He's not going to be here. Um, they might be a candidate for a trade-up. And I like Ritter at the spot. I think he fits the offense well. Uh, a guy that is really maybe not the most toolsy, you know, maybe not like a Willis from that t- standpoint, but I think he reads the game really well. He's going to give you a higher floor than most of these guys. Uh, and he's obviously got the athleticism too. I think this one makes a lot of sense for sure.
2: For sure. But, and uh, uh, that yeah, takes it's... me up.
1: Yeah, I'm next it... <laughs> up here. The New England Patriots. Dear Lord, uh, this is going to be the most uh, Patriots pick, I think, of all time here. They're going to sit, wait for someone good to drop to them, um, take a boring pick because they're the Patriots. No one's going to get excited about it. And they're going to go Zion Johnson here. I mean, you're going to get a starter at right guard. You're not going to think about it. You know, they, as they say, plug and play for the next decade. You don't think about it. I don't know that, you know, how much truth there is to that saying, but you're getting a good player here. Mac Jones, he is the most immobile player on planet Earth. He's going to need a pocket that holds up for him uh as much as possible they addressed receiver a little bit they did bring back um of course uh Jacoby Myers they did trade for Devontae Parker um and the defense is kind of weird I don't know they could go linebacker here too they like to get multiple so maybe a Devin Lloyd might make sense but uh I've seen Zion Johnson pegged here many times I think it makes a lot of sense I think you round out that O-line and it's pretty decent even after you trade Shaq Mason now you can replace him here uh this is the pick in my opinion yeah I'm
2: I'm it obviously hurt my heart because I, I may or may not have been eyeing Zion Johnson with a, another team I may or may not control. Uh, it may or may not be the team right behind me. But yeah, I mean, he's a, a phenomenal player, tested like an elite athlete, plug and play left guard. I mean, you, you you plug him in and you have no issues on that on that spot. So absolutely love Zion Johnson.
0: Yeah, I I I also would have wanted him for Tampa, for what it's worth. So uh, Zion Johnson, but we we will take Shaq Mason for basically nothing. So thank you, Patriot, for that.
2: Hey, there you go. Yeah, you got uh you got the former Patriot, and now obviously the guy that you were targeting ends up going to the Patriots. So weird circle of life there. But all right, so I'm on the clock here with the Packers. Obviously, one of my least favorite teams in the NFL. Uh, growing up as a Cowboys fan, seeing you know Aaron Rodgers just absolutely make a mockery of our franchise in the mid 2010s, but. They made this pick obviously this pick comes from the las vegas raiders in that Devontae adams deal and it's tough not to go wide receiver here because i mean if you want aaron Rodgers to come out of retirement he's gonna have a say on this pick and if he has a say on this pick and the, he doesn't go wide receiver i would be heavily shocked this is do not it. their do it well i mean i was just about to say this is not their typical archetype they like big bodied wide receivers but Jahan Dawson is just a guy that can separate at all three levels of the field. He's a super reliable player. You plug him in with Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is not going to yell at this guy saying, oh, you should have been in this spot when you're here. Like none of that's going to happen here. Jahan Dawson is going to be in the right spot and he's going to catch the football. And Aaron Rodgers is going to levitate to that type of guy. So getting Jahan Dawson here to the Green Bay Packers, I think would be a home run pick for them.
0: Yeah, I would have made the same pick. I love it. Yep.
1: I love it, too. Yeah, nothing to complain about. I mean, this guy's if he's not the most well-rounded receiver, I said Garrett Wilson was, I think Dotson's right after him. Uh, He's Emmanuel Sanders all over again. That was my comp. I swear to God, they're the same player. So can't go wrong with that one.
2: Yep, absolutely. So uh,
0: you are actually on the clock here now, Corey, uh, with the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, I literally have no idea what the Cardinals are thinking with their pick, like zero clue. Um, they kind of need, like, they don't have any, like, really pressing needs, but they have, they kind of need something at every position. I had to say, if I had to, you know, guess, give me, I'm going to go with a corner here. Give me uh Elam from Florida as the pick here. I think they would like to go, you know, edge or wide receiver if possible, because they do, you know, have some depth concerns at those positions. They lost, you know, Chandler Jones at edge. So they probably need some talent there, but the board just doesn't really line up too well for them there. So I'll take, uh, I'll take Elam to, you know, pair on the outside. Yeah, I
2: I think Elam's a stud and uh, it's
0: funny because his
2: comp would be like a, a Carlton Davis, you know, press man type of corner only that Carlton Davis was a four or five athlete. I Elam actually tested out at 438. So, you're getting, you know, Carlton Davis with elite athleticism. I don't think you can be uh too choosy at this spot at 23rd in the draft, but either I'll way, he has
0: better ball skills than Carlton Davis, so. <laughs> uh
2: either way, Sosa uh you got the daunting task of uh, not making me <laughs> upset here with the Dallas Cowboys. And it's funny because we went into this like, oh, you know what? Like Danny's going to pick for the Cowboys and the Bucks. Now Sosa is going to be picking for both the Cowboys and the Bucks here.
0: I think it's actually more fun this way, to be
1: honest. Oh, 100%. Yeah, uh, yeah you guys can well, grill me a little bit after I make the picks here. So, you know, for me, I, I want to go receiver so bad. I mean, everything in my soul and my heart is telling me go receiver here. I think the Cowboys want it to... Um, I, I, it just doesn't line up for me. You know, if it's real life, I th- I could see a trail on Burks here or someone like that. Um, I'm looking at maybe interior defensive line. I think their interior defensive line group is very, very weak right now. Um, edge rusher, do you trust Dante Fowler as a starter? I'm going to go and probably disappoint Danny here. I'm going to go with Boye Maffe. I, I just think they need an edge rusher a little bit too much here. Um, you lose Randy Gregory, obviously. And you have to Marcus Lawrence who they've sort of like played this game with. Do they want to get rid of him? Do they not? Are you going to take less money type of situation? And I think Dante Fowler is a fine player. Doran's Armstrong fine player, but I think those guys are better suited for number three, number four type roles. And the rest of your D lines, you know, it's fairly solid. You got good guys uh, and the defense in general, really, I think to the point where, you know, if you can get a complimentary pass rusher here, you feel pretty good about where you're at. And um, it gives them a chance to replace Randy Gregory, probably not going to be as good coming out of the gate here, but um, I think, you know, with how the board fell, I was looking at interior D line or edge wanted a receiver. I think you could have made a case for an X receiver here, but, uh, I, I just go with the, um, the most pressing need. I think that's edge right now.
2: I'm not going to lie. If the Cowboys did take Mafe over Kenyon green, I would be upset, but I see the rationale and I think it's a plausible scenario, but. Yeah, yeah, as a Cowboys fan, I would be like a little bit disappointed. But like, I mean, the rationale is there. You lost Randy Gregory. You're replacing him with Dante Fowler, who as a Rams fan you've seen is not the most reliable player to say the least. So I definitely get the rationale here. Obviously, Boye mafe has got a ton of upside as a rusher. I mean, you're talking about an ad rusher that can bend the way he does. I mean, plug him in, get him in that rotation.
0: Uh, yeah, I, I see the rationale. I'll say that. But, uh, yeah, I, I think we heard some reports that Kenyon Green, uh, Kenyon Green might fall a little bit too, right? Into the second round because he had some like knee injury or something. I can't remember what it was exactly, but I, I heard somebody talking about the fact that he might slip to the second round.
2: For sure. Yeah. I mean, if that's the case, then I, I, I could definitely see the, uh, see them maybe opting for someone else. But either way, 25th overall, Buffalo Bills, as I kind of alluded to before, I mean, this is a fantasy channel. I mean, you could argue corner, you can argue whatever you want, but, what I'm going to argue here is you just made it uh, pretty deep in the postseason in the past two years. You're still relying upon Devin Singletary, Zach Moss, to try to lead that running back group. Just get Brees Hall. Worry about everything later. I mean, we know how good this offense is already. Get a guy that can be depended upon on all three downs the way Brees Hall is. So slide him in 25th overall, and he's going to be the locked-in 101
0: of rookie drafts. Right. It's it I don't know. I don't think they're gonna do this. I don't think they're a team that's gonna take a first round running back, but at the same time, like we all just would be over. They the have moon the luxury and, of doing it. And, like exactly, yeah. yeah. But like, I mean, don't do what the Kansas City Chiefs did and pick the wrong running back um when you sure. have the luxury of doing it. So uh yeah, I, I think that's that's a solid pick for sure. And Brees Hall definitely fits something that they need, which is, you know, some more juice in that in that running back core. For sure.
1: I hate it. I hate it. I, I don't think they can afford to do it. It reminds me way too much of Clyde Edwards Hilaire as a fantasy <laughs> player. I love it. I mean, it couldn't be funner. They're going to be scoring a lot of touchdowns. Brees saw has a chance, obviously, to get a bunch of one-yard, two-yard garbage touchdowns, all that kind of stuff, <laughs> uh, and a lot of touches. But I just can't, man. I can't do it because in a year's time, you might be looking back and thinking, oh, we need an edge rusher. We need a cornerback. We need X, Y, and Z. And now you got a running back that – you know, how much is he really going to impact the game? I don't know. I think at this point, you got to go corner. You've you got to go edge, high value, just do. keep it good. And like, especially corner, right? You're talking about Tre'Davious White coming off a torn ACL. How ready is he going to be, you know, to play from day one? Uh, they lose Levi Wallace in free agency. It's a starting boundary corner, and that just leaves a big spot there. So I think you go corner. Maybe, you know, the, the draft doesn't line up here, and it probably doesn't. But I don't think they should go running back here at all.
2: Oh, and again, if it was my personal pick, <laughs> if I'm building a team, like no, I'm not. I'm not taking a running back. But yeah. apparently, they're enamored with Hall. Apparently, they, you know, you uh, got that little cocky mindset, like oh, you know, we know we're good, so we're just going to get the final piece. Of I can s- just see them doing it. But I agree with you. I mean, investing first round draft capital into a running back when, yeah, your your number one corner is coming off an injury, I just don't think that they're going to go corner. <laughs>
0: I also do think it's an outside chance that they go with Walker if they go with a running back at That's pick 13. twenty-five instead of Hall. But uh the Titans the Tennessee Titans at pick twenty-six, I think last year, they should have taken Elijah Moore instead of Caleb Farley. But I guess, you know, Caleb Farley was a highly regarded player coming off of an injury, so they took the value at pick, you know, twenty-two or wherever they picked last year. I want to take a wide receiver again. Can you go to the wide receiver board real quick? I don't think anybody that I love is on the board, though, to be honest. I mean, Do I want to give him Sky is the question because Sky would be really fun. I think Pickens would be pretty fun, too. I'm not going to go wide receiver, but it's interesting. Give me the first linebacker off the board. I'll take uh, I will take Devin Lloyd here.
2: Yeah, I mean, I I think that makes a ton of sense. Uh, The concern here obviously would be that he is an older prospect. But in terms of fit, I mean, he can kind of do it all Could play in zone. Rush after the passer can play your prototypical linebacker spot obviously a ton of length there i I believe he's 6'4 235 pounds so yeah he is that prototypical linebacker that you would want and if you're taking one in the first round as much as i love nkobi dean like people are going to see 511 people are going to say 225 and they're not going to take him.
1: yeah you know uh it's an interesting pick for sure i i think it makes sense uh when you think about losing Rashawn evans they lost uh jayon brown as well two linebackers in free agency Uh, They still got Zach Cunningham. I can't recall who else, but um, it makes sense. You know, I think that's a really good pick, and I guess that takes us into Bush's team here. I'm uh, (laughs) Jason Light for this exercise. Uh, The Tampa Bay Buccaneers pick twenty-seven. Who
0: Jason Light would pick at this? I know you're
1: taking, yeah. I feel like everyone's a
0: player, but I know exactly who he would pick.
1: (laughs) Is it like a Tyler Linderbaum or something?
0: No, Jason Light would 100% pick Devontae Wyatt with this pick. I was I gonna pick. say Logan I Hall. Exactly who he would pick. I would pick Daxton Hill.
2: I I think he would go Logan Hall because uh, I mean Tampa Bay's kind of shown that they they do uh, value the analytics. They're gonna see you know 23 years old versus 20 years old and may favor a guy like Logan Hall. But I mean either way, I I do agree. I think they're gonna lean
1: interior here. But let Sosa make the pick. I'm not gonna interject. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm looking at this team right now. Not a lot of holes really at all. Uh Going into this exercise, you know, I'm thinking like edge rusher, maybe they could use like a third guy after Troy on Shayinka and um, Shaq Barrett. Um, and it's more of like a, a, like a depth kind of thing at this point, but I, I would hope that, you know, they want to address offensive line here. That's maybe the one last spot that I see a, a potential like starting spot up in the air, left guard. Uh, they, they obviously replaced uh Shaq Mason at right guard, they, they got it in place of Alex Kappa. They lose Ali Marpet in, um, to retirement. I'm looking at O-line. I think that's probably the only spot here that really makes the most sense. Uh, maybe not the best value per se. Um, but I would go, you know, either Kenyon green here. I think you can't go wrong with Tyler Smith is interesting as well, but I'll go Kenyon green. I think it's probably the best value here. makes a lot of sense. Kind of plug and play. Um, and, uh, you got to give Tom Brady a little bit more protection, uh, and, and, you know, try to open up some holes for Leonard Fournette. Getting a starter at number 27, I think, makes sense. You feel pretty good about your line going into next season. Yeah, right, and I'll and just –
0: Aaron Stinney is it. great, and he filled in well for, for Alex Kappa during the Super Bowl run and stuff. But, like, do I want to rely on Aaron Stinney as a starting guard? Like, not necessarily. I think he's a perfect, like, you know, sixth man – in the uh, off the offensive line, you have a swing tackle and then you have like your interior swing guy. And I think Stinney is perfect for that role as a UDFA, but there's, you know, kind of a reason he went undrafted and Kenyon green. I mean, you, you get a ferro like you had one of the best offensive lines in the league the past couple of years, keep a strength, the strength and, and re up that, that unit for sure.
2: Yeah. And just mentioning Kenyon green, the player, I mean, this is a plug and play wherever you want to play him. Obviously left guard is going to be his main spot, but it's a guy who has tackle versatility can play center in a pinch. If you need him to, he is played all over the offensive line uh, in college and can realistically do any of those spots. Well, obviously I do think that his long-term projectable would be at left guard, but this is an extremely versatile piece. You get offensive linemen with this type of versatility they are extremely valuable to your team. They absolutely
0: still. love versatility in offensive linemen. It's yep. the reason they took Hainsey in the third round last year. It's the reason that they loved um, Worfs who could play both tackle spots. It's it, They love versatility at offensive line.
2: For sure. So uh, I'm going to go back to uh, the Green Bay package here. It's my pick. And yeah, uh, we obviously went with Jahan Dotson, first pick. Yeah, you could double down on wide receiver, but I'm not going to do it here. Because I mean, realistically, from an NFL team building standpoint, that's probably not going to how they're, probably not going to be the way they view in dispersing their assets looking at this i think i'm gonna go trevor penning here the reason being obviously with bachieri he is coming off a couple injury riddled seasons he is on the wrong side of 30 he is an older player now obviously when he's healthy he's one of the best bookends in the league but with trevor penning i mean you don't need to play him at tackle right, right away if you want to play either guard spot you want to play him at right tackle whatever he can do any of those jobs well and with Trevor Penning, you're getting that long-term insurance plan for Bakhtiari if he continues to end up on IR, continues to miss games. So Trevor Penning, I think, is a, a solid value at 28. And I think if he made it this far in the draft, teams are going to look at look at his athletic profile. Teams are going to look like look at his overall demeanor, his overall nastiness to his play style. So getting him in here at 28, I think, would make a lot of sense for the Packers.
1: I like it. Uh, you mentioned left tackle Bakhtiari injury issues right tackle Elton Jenkins coming off a torn ACL. I mean, having insurance at that spot, I think makes a lot of sense here.
0: Yep. Yeah. Sure. I don't have a lot of thoughts on Trevor Penning. I don't know a whole lot about the prospects, so I'll just, uh, I'll trust your instincts on it. For sure. <laughs> so uh,
2: Bush, you're, uh, you're here to make one of the uh, more fun picks of the draft. Cause I mean, obviously there's a lot of fantasy implications here uh, with the Kansas City Chiefs, Chiefs picking two straight picks with 29 and 30. Where are you leaning here?
0: Yeah, I think, The interesting thing for Kansas City, too, is maybe they dangle Kenny Pickett to a team right now who's still on the board. Maybe they say, hey, you know, Seattle picks in the second round. One of these quarterback needy teams. Maybe do you want to move up and hop the Lions to come and get Kenny Pickett? I'm not going to do that because I do really love a couple players on the board for Kansas City and what they need. My first pick here, um, I guess I'm not picking for both of them, but I will actually go with the corner and take Andrew Booth. And uh, I think they need some help on the back end. You have a, a division that just has so much talent at wide receiver and passing game in general. So loading up on the back end, like we saw the Chargers do um, with their pick, and also they just loaded up on defense in general too. So um, I really like that pick for the Kansas City Chiefs. I'll let somebody else make the uh, the wide receiver pick for them. Oh, you Sosa.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, it's funny. I was thinking you were going to go receiver and I was going to have to go Andrew <laughs> Booth, but... Uh... Man, this can't, this can't be any better for me. I like a lot of the receivers left. I think Sky Moore, really good player. Um, but I just don't think he fits what they need the most right now. You're looking at Juju. He's projected as a slot guy. I think Hardman kind of a Z slash slot guy as well. I think they need an alpha. I think they need a guy you plug in at X, let him beat everyone's ass up, just win routes, get open. Uh, maybe not the best separator in his class. Definitely not. But I, I think a guy going. that is... Uh, You know where I'm going. Yeah, yeah. he can separate a little bit. Great contested catches, some of the best hands in this class. He's going to beat you up. I think he's ready to go. You need to be strong in that division. Uh, The AFC West, the Denver Broncos got some good corners too. So I'm going George Pickens here. Yeah, That just feels like a Chiefs pick to me. Um, You know, you got some speed there with MVS trying to replace Tyreek Hill. You don't have a Tyreek Hill on the roster anymore, but you're getting another kind of guy that could just go up, win catch, uh, win contested catches climb the ladder high point of football and I do think that if Pickens can get back to the form pre-injury I thought he was a lot more snappy a lot more sudden there's a lot of a ceiling here like I really think there's a lot more for him to uncover here if he can get that athleticism back because I didn't think he looked as good last year as he did uh, prior to injury so um, I know the Chiefs guys would really love this pick I'm gonna go with uh, Pickens here
2: yeah, and I I can already see the comment section right now. Oh,
1: like what, is Pickens a top five pick in rookie drafts? If he goes to the
2: Chiefs, yada yada yada. Corey's not just a like lamenting, "Chance,
0: dude, I'm literally biggest fate of all time if this happened because he would go way too high in rookie drafts." I I didn't like Pickens as a prospect. I think he's one dimensional. I think he kind of accomplishes the role that you have with MBS there. Maybe I'm wrong about Pickens. Maybe he's got more of a you know an alpha ceiling than I'm giving him credit. But uh, I've literally exhausted the Pickens arguments a million times, so I'm not gonna. <laughs> You know, dive too deep into that. I do think it, it does fit what they want to do. They want to stretch the field. You get another field stretching type of option. I actually think if this were the case, they would pick Christian Watson over George Pickens. Um, not what I would do. Not Gross. what I. Uh, even though I'm not as high on Pickens, I still would pick him over Christian Watson. Um, but I do think that's the direction they would go if they if they were to uh, have this board and they wanted to pick a wide receiver.
2: Yeah, and I'll just quickly say I think I mentioned uh, my what I saw from Pickens when I watched him to both of you, but. Uh he reminds me a lot of Michael Gallup when he was coming out. Yeah, you know, a physical wide receiver that can play that X role that can come down with contested catches. I think that's going to be Pickens as soon as he comes into the league, more of a vertical type of player that can win on the outside. But if he can develop the way Gallup did, I mean, we've seen Gallup as a, a really, really good, you know, 1B wide receiver two type of player in the league that I think Pickens can be at the next level. So getting him in here, fitting with the Kansas City Chiefs, I think would make a lot of sense. Either way, though, talking about fit. Talk about a team that actually dethroned the Kansas City Chiefs and actually won the AFC this past year. Uh, ultimately, wasn't enough for Sosa's Rams, by the way. But uh, And that's going to be the Cincinnati Bengals. And it's a tough spot because if you ask Bengals fans, uh, they're probably going to be divided between corner and with Linderbaum. That's the way I would think that uh, these Bengals fans would view this pick. Obviously, if you're a Bengals fan, comment down below. Looking at the cornerback board, it is a little dicey. I mean, you could argue for a guy like Kyler Gordon and potentially Roger McCreary, but I just personally couldn't take them. Like again, if a, you know, Booth fell, if a, you know, one of a McDuffie fell, one of those other corners fell, I'd be more comfortable with picking them here. It's just, I do see a little bit of a fall between those guys and the guys left on the board. So I'm actually going to go with Tyler Linderbaum here. I mean, he's plug and play. I understand you did sign Ted Karras, but Ted Karras has played guard in the past and has played well at guard in the past. You plug in Linderbaum. He is perfect for this Frank Column scheme up front. Line him up. Go win the AFC yet again. And, you know, potentially uh, lose against the uh, Cowboys this time.
0: You got to beat yeah. a fucking wildcard team before you can say okay. shit like that. Relax.
2: But either way, yeah. no, L- Linderbaum Yeah, it make, makes make
0: some sense. I mean, how many times did Burrow get sacked against Tennessee? Like 10? Like you need you need some kind of protection up front. Just because it was good enough for you to get to the Super Bowl without it. Um doesn't mean it's not gonna it's gonna be good enough for future years. And I would argue the reason you probably lost the Super Bowl is because you couldn't protect uh, <laughs> Joe Burrow.
1: Yeah. Uh I love it. I love it. You slide Karis to left guard, then you don't have to play Jackson Carmen, you don't have to play Hakeem Adeniji, and those guys were rotating like last three playoff games. So uh clearly not, you know, the best players. Uh and the O line uh fixation continues, man. You can't go wrong. I mean, Burrow was getting killed back there last year, uh, pretty much every game. So uh great pick in my opinion. We can finally fix the meme. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, We
0: can fix the meme of Jamar Chase uh, <laughs> downfield and and somebody protecting Joe Burrow. It's now Tyler Linderbaum up front. So, I'm doing it. I don't give a shit. I'm picking Sam Howell at, at 32 to the Detroit Lions. I don't care that Kenny Pickett's on the board. He's a worse, far worse prospect than, than Sam Howell, in my opinion. Sam Howell brings you a full dimension that you don't have at quarterback. You have the safe quarterback already with Jared Goff. If you wanted another safe quarterback, then you shouldn't. You know, You could go with Kenny Pickett, but Sam Howell is way more ceiling than Kenny Pickett does. You give him some time. His freshman and his sophomore season, he looked like a first-round caliber quarterback, a top 15, top 10 pick caliber quarterback. He lost all of his dudes. The narrative's really tired at this point. Lost Deami Brown, Javante Williams, Michael Carter, Daz Newsom, and all those guys. Was forced to run and make things happen on his own. His offensive line also lost some starters this year as well. Freshman and sophomore Sam Howell has the best arm in this class outside of Malik Willis, in my opinion, and also has probably um, underrated athleticism as a 1000 yard rusher in college football this year.
2: Yep. I mean, I, I agree. I, I like Sam Howell over Pickett. Um, it's tough to imagine Pickett falling out of the first round, but it just, I think the amazing?
0: Bengals would have probably shopped that pick to a team Which for sure sense. to see if somebody wanted to hop Detroit, maybe Seattle wants to come back into the first round, Washington, somebody like that maybe wants to get a, uh, a quarterback. I do think all these top five quarterbacks are going to be off the board by the top 50 or so of the, of the draft and, and these like fringe first, second round caliber quarterbacks probably go at that point.
1: And another reason why teams want to, you know, maybe hop back in is you talk about that fifth year option, uh, on the cheap rookie scale, uh, of course, having a cost controlled option for uh, the quarterback position five years makes a lot of sense. So I think those last few picks, especially 32, 31, 30 probably make a lot of sense when you start to talk about trade downs
2: yep no I, I agree with that but overall uh, we'll quickly give a run through of the board and uh wrap up the video so um you guys see one to five no complaints there walker hutchinson stingley johnson equanu neil thibodeau williams gardner drake london uh garrett wilson chris Olave, charles cross kyle hamilton malik willis and then from 16 on i mean we got jordan davis trent, uh, trent McDuffie, george carloftis Traylon burks desmond ritter and for those of you watching on youtube you can see from 21 to 32 but either way uh pleasure having you on Sosa obviously uh another Hamilton represent here had to get the final mock draft done with style and uh yeah repping the underdog fantasy obviously you are uh the Hamilton rep of underdog fantasy so uh no complaints there love that relationship there
1: yeah man it's awesome to have you guys too uh the 905 is in the house. We'll say that uh, it's always fun to hop on, man. This is my only mock draft of this season. So we'll see, you know, how accurate it is, how, how close we get uh, position wise. But it's fun to hop on, man. I appreciate you guys. And hopefully uh, we have a lot to talk about after the draft too. Amen. Appreciate yeah. having you on, brother.
0: Yeah, for sure. If you guys enjoyed this video, as always, hit the like button, comment any of your thoughts down below, subscribe to the channel if you're new go follow sosa on twitter follow both of us on twitter if you guys aren't following us there uh check out underdogfantasy.com as well of course our you know major sponsor using promo code fse at sign up and first deposit you'll get 100 back on whatever you put in and you'll also get our dynasty rankings manifesto totally for free as a thank you for doing that also check out the patreon down below for more dynasty and rookie content peace out guys talk to you soon